0: Welcome back to Basic Crypto. My name's Connor Olstead. Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, Two-year kind of hiatus, and we are back. We were back uh, one episode before this, but you know what? You guys listened to it, so we're back yet again. I turned to my uh, um, my associates and said, hey, you know what? It's actually like picking up some listens. You know what that means? And he goes, it means you got to keep doing it, and that's for sure. So we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep rolling. And today we have the question, what is Web3? And it's a question that is kind of uh, down the road of blockchain. It doesn't necessarily have to do with cryptocurrency itself. Uh, But let's start off by explaining Web1. So, and and one thing I want to kind of say is that Web3 in and of itself is an idea. It's not necessarily like a definition. There is no definition for Web1.0 or Web2.0 or Web3.0 but we have to describe it as something because as we are beginning to understand the internet of things and the internet of value and the, just the the internet, um, as it's evolving, um, we want to make sure that, uh, there is some kind of concept that people talk about it as, and that's going to be web three is kind of that concept. Okay. So web one, um, was essentially just read only. It was, it was internet at its best. Basic HTML function. Somebody would create Web One, uh, create an HTML page, and people would get on there and read it. Right, and it was, uh, it's kind of the .dot com bubble. It's the revolutionary of Web One, um, and and really, I guess Web Two would be where the .dot com bubble really took off. I don't know the exact years, but w- Web One is going to be nineteen ninety one ish, ninety four ish, until um, like two thousand four. And then until like in the 2001, 2004 range is when web two came up and web two is going to be, uh, what we understand is not just read only, but also interactive. You can upload things. Um, that's when social media started to take its initial, uh, foothold on things. Um, and then a lot of these companies that, that owned big server farms or had the capacity to expand their servers uh, they started figuring out that they were able to track a lot of data because in Web One, there the data is not necessarily trackable because there wasn't these things called cookies that are going across different websites. People weren't able to really um, see, you know, who or where was reading what. They were just able to see that people that it was being read, right? Well, now in Web Two, it's become a lot more interactive, and people are able to, or companies are able to watch where you're going and what you're doing. And because of that, um, they're able to get that data and advertise to you in a certain way and uh, making Web 2.0 much more interactive in that sense as well. Really in Web 1, whoever was putting it up there had their own server, they were paying for that server. That's kind of where the funding kind of came from, right? In Web 2, uh, I mean, you have uh, Amazon who has owns like 80% of the internet because of how many servers they have with Amazon Web Services, right? And uh, But you, in theory, you could host your own server or you could have a server like Amazon and they are going to host it there. And so these huge tech companies began to monitor the data that's going through it, which makes it so that they're able to sell that data and make things a lot cheaper for the end consumer. So you are paying for it. You are paying for Web two, just like people paid for Web one to have their own servers, right? Uh, but the difference is that you don't really know because facebook it whatever it is that's free facebook, um, instagram, Google, you are what what the currency is that you are using to pay for it is actually your data, right Um and therefore a lot of stuff looks to be for free and there there still is other aspects of the internet that um you know, still have a different cost, if you will, um, but we've kind of just gotten accustomed to to letting ourselves be monitored by um, all these big companies, and um, and now there's different laws that you know, if you go into a website, it says it shows like the tracking cookies and whatever, and it, you have to accept all the cookies before you can monitor the website or use the websites, um, and so that that's it's becoming more aware of people that they are being tracked all the time um, through web two, but. It's, it's kind of that concept of Web2 interactive and people's data is the currency, right? Very centralized around um, these companies because they're the ones that hold the keys to everything. And they, in turn, the restrictions of that is that they decide what you see. Facebook, you know, obviously has community guidelines. YouTube does Twitter, uh, not so much for Twitter anymore, but um, and, and so, but they can decide what they're going to show you. They decide if they're going to show you English, they decide if, you know, all the various things. And, and for the most part, we're okay with that because that means that in theory, they're showing us something that we want to see. Um, but a lot of people also hate it because then it says that there's no kind of freedom in, in what we are seeing. Um, And right before we dive into web three, I wanted to say, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you could leave a review, um, that would truly help me out. Um, I don't have any sponsors for this as of yet. I don't necessarily plan to have it for the future because I'm just doing this for fun, but uh, leaving a review would definitely help uh, get the word out, share it with your friends. And uh, thanks for, thanks for watching guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Uh, So web three is now moving into decentralized data. So web one was read-only, web two was interactive, and now we have web three that has kind of a decentralized um, way of doing things. So what does this mean? It means that the person that has access to the blockchain and the person and different people um, have access to this data, right? Uh, They become now the owners of it, just like how Amazon Web Services owns the servers, now, if you own uh, part of that blockchain or a token or a coin, or if you are hosting a server that has all of that blockchain data on it, you are an owner- rather than the product. And this is a really hard concept for some people to understand because of of really the misunderstanding or lack of understanding of blockchain and blockchain technology. Because the inherent ability of the blockchain is that it's able to be everywhere at once. Everybody, Everybody has copies of it. Everybody is using it. And so when you incorporate content into something like this, it makes that content decentralized. So rather than having a cookie on a website and, and Facebook having all the cookies and understanding how to uh, put everything in front of you, you are going to have the option in the web three um, kind of idea that for to choose exactly what it is you do want to see or don't want to see. And it's like, oh, okay, so this person with this wallet, you know, because that's how the blockchain works is with wallets or whatever is saying stuff that I don't want to see or hear or whatever. And so I can I can just choose to not see that or whatever. But the the difference is that you have the choice, okay? Uh, and this can be good or bad because everything, uh, the, the the goodness of it is that you truly do have the choice. Uh, YouTube can put only a certain kind of news organization in front of you and you don't even have the choice of getting this news organization over here. Um, you know, if, if uh, your kid searches fluffy kittens, you're going to get fluffy kittens, you know, recommended to you no matter what. Um, and even if you want to look at dogs, right. And so, uh, but with the good part about that, then of decentralized content is that you're going to be able to get everything and everything will be recommended to you in front of you, um, useful to you, accessible by you. But the bad part is that that comes with bad actors. Okay. The, everybody's comments are going to be there forever in reality, they could be anonymous. And so the keyboard warriors that, um, you know, are pretty mean in the comments, they're going to be continue and they're almost going to be empowered because that can't, uh, it can't be taken down. It's on the blockchain. It's, it's everywhere and ever it's, uh, controlled by, you know, thousands and thousands of servers across, uh, whatever blockchain is being used rather than, um, controlled by one company that decides oh well we don't want to have that on there now does that mean that in the future there's not going to be any type of monitoring or um, or you know anything like that no it's I, I think that these companies are going to evolve with that decentralization and use it um, to their advantage. I think that they have that the tech kind of sector has such a strong foothold, when it comes to data, they're not going to want to lose it, and so. Uh, but the difference is that we have a choice now, and with the Web three, there is going to be that option. And there's, there are different levels, and and you can get even deeper. One example I kind of want to uh, bring up for this is um, the ability for for people to to reown their data and their content in this decentralized fashion. Um, In Web3, you could have, I'm going to use music as the example. So let's say Sony has a blockchain and develops this music blockchain, right? Um, And so me as an artist, I'm going to be able to develop a piece of music and I'm going to be able to put it on the Sony blockchain in this example. And now all of the streaming services are going to be able to go to that and and have listens to it, right? Because it's, it's only on the blockchain, that is where its digital footprint exists. And in order for them to have their license to, to use it, they have to go back to that blockchain and buy the license for one play is one cent, let's say. So now what you're doing instead of owning that piece of music that still is owned by me, the artist, um, the, the companies like Apple Music and Spotify and whatever are going to own the audiences. And so the, and the audience's attention, because Apple is going to say, well, I have this subscription of millions and millions of people, so I'm going to, every time they play it, I'm going to collect four cents or whatever, and I'm going to give you the one cent that it costs for the licensing fee, right? Now, you might be thinking, well, that's not fair, it's only 25%. Well, I can tell you that the, the factors are probably a whole lot less right now, um, as far as percentage, if you were to think that way. Uh, but whatever it is, the point is that it's getting back to the original person. You don't have to sign, as me as an artist, I don't have to sign a contract with Sony that is saying, okay, you get 50% of all revenue forever for this song. Um, I'm able to just upload it directly to Web3, directly to the blockchain, and all the different streaming platforms are able to pull from that and distribute it to their platforms. And in the end, I get paid and it comes back to me and if I say I don't want this to be a thing anymore, I don't want this to to be in the world anymore or, or I want to will it to my kids, I can take that on the blockchain and send it to their wallet and um or I can give them the private keys to my wallet and now they own it, right? And it's all done digitally. You don't have to get the lawyers involved, you don't have to get the um, Sony involved, you don't have to you know fight for rights for something that you created and that you own that's in the digital space. It just is able to happen because you are still the product um, or you you own the product, you are not the product in a web 3 decentralized world. Now a lot of people are going to be like, this is too complex for me. I I don't care if Facebook advertised to me. I want they they almost want to be centralized. They want to have, um some other bigger company controlling it and and in a sense that they they trust that company you know if you will and they might not say it that way but in, inherently that's what it is um and so i don't think and this is my thought and opinion here i don't think that that's going to be what's going to happen i don't think that it's everything is going to move to a decentralized fashion and now everybody's going to have to just kind of figure it out on their own i think there's going to be kind of a mesh and evolution that's in the in between but the Big part of it is that there's going to be an option, right? You have the option of decentralization, or to get as much decentralized or as decentralized as you want to in the future. Um, r- whereas right now the options are pretty much you're, you're pretty restricted. You know, if you if you upload something to TikTok and they don't like it and they ban your account, you're pretty much SOL. Well, if TikTok was using what had blockchain technology and therefore you had access to all the email addresses or all the usernames, right? Because um that's how they, you know, communicated and were willing. And it's a, like, hey, we can't block you or we won't block. We'll want mon- we'll monitor, we'll have guidelines, but you'll have the ability to vote because if you don't like it, you can just take your wallet with all of those addresses and move it over to a different TikTok type platform, right? that i think that is a happy medium in something like this because i don't want to have a ton of people that are just able to just troll me and um you know i don't I, there's things on the internet that i don't want to see right but i want to have the option to open myself up to see it at least right and and that's that's what's important here is that things are opening up so that we still have the freedom of the internet with web3 and that is being possible because of blockchain technology and the decentralization that naturally comes along with it. So it's something to understand. Um, It's an idea. Remember, it's not a definition of Web3 or anything that I've been saying today. It's an idea, uh, but it's definitely an idea that you're going to want to keep track of and understand because as things progress in our society, it's coming and things are going to change. And if you don't understand how you can become more, the, the benefits of becoming more decentralized on the internet, you might end up being controlled in a way that you don't want to. Um, so keep an eye on it. Thanks for listening, guys. Leave a review. And if you have any questions or you want me to cover any topics, shoot me a tweet or send me a DM at Connor Olstead. And that is another episode of Basic Crypto.